Hey everyone, Danielle Bean here, and I just wanted to jump in real quick to let you know that I will be recording a special episode of Girlfriends next week, and you can be a part of it. I will be recording live on Facebook on Monday, June 10th at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. You can go to the Ascension Facebook page to join the live conversation, and there you can add your own questions and ideas in the comments live while I'm sharing in the Girlfriends podcast. The topic for the live show is going to be discussing the Catholic faith with family who don't share your faith. That's a hot topic for so many of us. I know I hear from you guys all the time about how to handle those tricky conversations sometimes with family, and even friends who don't share our faith. It's a hot topic. So I'll be sharing some thoughts on that topic, and I want to hear from you. So please join me live next Monday, June 10th at 7 o'clock Eastern Time on the Ascension Facebook page. The link to the event is in the show notes for this episode at ascensionpress.com. See you there. Girlfriends, episode number 175, Living Abundantly with author Katie Curtis. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking with my friend and fellow writer in New Hampshire here, Katie Curtis. Can't wait to share our conversation. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? I hope you're enjoying the start to a wonderful and abundant summer. Abundance is something that I'm going to be talking about here today because I am going to be sharing a conversation I recently had with my friend who I have not met in real life, but by the time this podcast airs, I will have met her in real life because she's a fellow New Hampshireite here living in the great state of New Hampshire. She's also a fellow mom of a large family, six kids, the last two of which are rambunctious twin boys who I love following on social media, but she's also a writer. And that's what I want to talk with you about here today in my conversation with Katie. Um, Some of her work as an author, she's written a novel, she's working on a second one. She writes um, freelance for magazines. She also has a food blog. She's just such a wonderful conglomeration of life, I find. Uh, Such a beautiful example of living an abundant life and truly enjoying her role as a wife and as a mom and um, the creative process of writing from her home in New Hampshire. So can't wait to share that with you. But first, I want to do a check-in with you. Um, You know, every once in a while, we like to do a fitness, health and fitness check-in. What are your health and fitness goals for this time of year? We're starting a new month here with the month, month of June. So it's a great opportunity to kind of assess what you're doing for taking care of your body. How are you taking care of yourself physically and spiritually in the month of June? What are your plans for getting physical activity or um, maintaining uh, healthy eating habits? For me, I find that the summertime is a great time for me. It's super easy for me to eat healthfully in the summer months. Um, in the winter, I'm like craving pastas and creamy casseroles and maybe some stuff that's not so good for me, high carbs. Um, But in the summertime, I mean, like grilled meats and salad and vegetables just seem like a really natural thing for me to do. I'd love to have your recipes. Maybe we could share some ideas for summertime mealtimes because I know our our habits change with the seasons. And um, I love keeping up with what other people are doing and getting inspired by what other people are doing. Sometimes when I'm doing my meal planning, I'll just go on Twitter or on Instagram and ask people 
what are you making for dinner? And I love the different responses we get and the variety of choices that we have. So um, maybe doing a roundup of those kinds of things um, would be kind of a fun future episode of Girlfriends that could inspire you through the summer months with your meal planning, with um, you know your summertime eating habits. So anyway, I just thought I'd do a little check-in because I like to do that regularly because it's as much for me as for anybody else. Like, what's going on with you? Um, I am continuing training for a half marathon. And I say that and it sounds like I'm doing some big official thing, but I, you know, I downloaded this super easy, simple plan that just kind of adds a little bit of mileage every week um, for 12 weeks. And I'm in the midst of that preparing to run a half marathon with my daughter, Juliet, next month. So by the middle of July, I'll be giving you a report on how that race went. Truly, my goal is just to run the race. I'm not trying to be fast. Um, I just want to be able to run the 13... Uh, 0.1 miles and um, not die doing it. And I think Juliet shares my same goal. So, um, you know, we've got low expectations for ourselves. So um, just hoping to enjoy that experience with my daughter. But that, having a, a training program like that kind of keeps me on task for staying active on a regular basis. I wouldn't otherwise be doing this much running. So um, by the time I do finish that race and God willing that I will finish that half marathon. Um, but by the time I do, I'll have to reassess because I, I don't intend to continue running quite this much throughout the summer, but it's been good. It's, it's good for, um, a new kind of goal for me to set for myself and a plan for me to have. And it kind of keeps me on task with running through the summer months. So I've got that going for me, but I do want to hear from you. I, I like to check in on a regular basis and hear how you're doing with your own health and fitness goals, but also your spiritual goals. I always find that the start of a month is kind of like a mini New Year's, right? It's a new month. And um, it's an opportunity to kind of assess where you are in the things that matter in your life, what your priorities are, and what kind of goals you might like to set for yourself for the coming month. Um, I know June is a crazy busy time of year. So for sure, you've probably got a lot of things going on with kids ending school and starting summer activities and camps and that sort of thing. Um, So maybe taking that into account, what kind of reasonable goals do you want to set for yourself for the coming month? I would love to hear from you, send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media. Let me know what's going on in your life. I always love the ways that we can connect and um, share back and forth outside of me just talking to you through the podcast. All right, without holding up any further, I want to share my recent conversation with my friend and author, Katie Curtis. Um, So I had this wonderful conversation with Katie and I realized 10 minutes into the conversation that my computer was hooked up to the wrong mic and it I sound like I'm about 10,000 miles away. I'm going to ask uh, my editor uh, to help me out with that at Ascension. But in case nothing can be done for that, I'm going to let you know. Just a little heads up here. I know that's an issue. I kind of sound far away, like a far away friend in that first little bit of the interview. But then I did switch mics and it's better for the rest of the interview. I don't want to throw the whole thing away because it's such a great conversation that Katie and I had. So hopefully you can bear with me if that's still an issue when you're listening to this interview. So here we go. Here's Katie. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, everybody. I am excited to be welcoming a special guest and a friend here on the Girlfriends podcast today. Katie Curtis is joining me here on Girlfriends. Katie Curtis is a wife, a mom, and a published author living in New Hampshire with her husband and six kids. 
Katie is author of the novel The Wideness of the Sea, and she's food columnist for Coastal Design Magazine. She's currently working on her second novel, in between cooking delicious dinners, sharing recipes on her food blog, and chasing her two youngest children, especially adorable twin boys, Michael and Ronan. You can find out more about Katie Curtis and all of her work at katiecurtis.net. Katie, thanks so much for coming on, Girlfriends. I'm excited you're here today. Thanks so much for having me, Danielle. I'm excited too. Yeah. So, I mean, we've known each other online for a long time, but this is our first time actually chatting. And by the time yes. this podcast airs, we'll have met in person because I'm coming to That's your right. church. I'm excited about that. Thanks for making that happen. Um, but to get listeners started a little bit, so you're you're kind of a mainstay on Catholic blogs and social media. People run into your stuff all the time. Um, but for anybody who hasn't yet bumped into what you do online, can you share a little bit about your background, maybe a little bit about your family and your work. Sure. Yes. Um, yeah, I always think it's interesting, like what people did before they became a mom. Um, (laughs) and I met my husband working in finance. Um, I went to BC, um, and I was econ and philosophy major. And then while I was there, I wanted to go back and pursue getting, um, a degree in philosophy to teach. That was my big plans. I think your dad does that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Recently retired from 45 years as a philosophy. Yeah. Yes. That's so interesting. I know I had my brother and sister went to St. A's and I think he taught there, right? Yes. Yes. And that's, yeah. and that's, so that's where I graduated another, from. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's another fun connection. So, wait, so I was Dr. Peter Kreeft at BC. I did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He really, I would say influenced why I'm a writer now because the courses that he offered were C.S. Lewis, um, mm-hmm. Dostoevsky, Tolkien, and so he just dreamed to take those. It was, it was. And but when my youngest, I'm sorry, my oldest son was born, uh, my husband did a traveling sales job in finance and mm-hmm. he was gone Monday through Thursday. And I, you know, kept going to my PhD program. I was about two years away from finishing and we reached that breaking point as a family where we never saw each other. I would hand him RJ, like our sweet baby on the weekends, so I could go to the library and write. And we just said, could, is there a better way? Could we do something different? So I decided to stay home and try to write. And at the same time, I really like just dove into reading writing books, taking online writing courses. And I also dove into cookbooks too. There's, I don't know if somewhat, for some reason there's like a symmetry there for me. Um, cause I just sort of took all of that love of learning and just did what I could in my home. Um, so they, they kind of blossomed in two ways. I was writing and I was, um, starting a food blog by the time my third child arrived. And, um, I sort of just chugged along at both things. Um, just seeing, you know, where they took me and they were really great because if I had a small amount of time, I could do a blog post, but if I had a larger chunk of time, like four hours, I could really dive in and do some heavy writing. So, um, it, it works for my mom's schedule to have both creative outlets. Um, but I really did just, uh, I guess, dork out on writing books. And, um, <laughs> you have to I just, tell me some of your favorites because I, yeah. I've read few, but I always okay. love them. So tell me some of your favorites. Yeah. The very first one that I read was Stephen King's okay. on writing. I did read and that I one think- recently and loved it. Good. Yeah. That is actually a great starting point because his whole message is like, don't go to writing conferences. Don't join a writing group. <laughs> don't like, do oh, anything. I can do that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's like, just just sit down and write the book is basically right. his message. Um, and it gave me that sort of like persistence. I think you really need to get anywhere with writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to really have the long view in mind. Um, and then um, after that, I read um, Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird, which is similar. She what what I, and I'm going to swear on your podcast because it's her famous <laughs> line. Um, but she says you have to just accept you're going to have 
first drafts. And Mm -hmm. I think that is helpful because I think you can get really discouraged if you sit down and have a writing day and you look at what you wrote and you think it's not good. Um, and you can just see like, why am I doing this? You know, what is this all for? Um, but when you recognize that you have to have something on the page in order to edit it, in order to make it better, then you start to look at writing, I think more the way a sculptor would look at carving a statue out of rock where you're, it's not going to immediately take shape and it's not going to immediately be there in its final brilliant vision version. Right. <laughs> uh, it's just going to be a slow process. So, um, I think those sort of, um, thoughts kept me going and kept me just seeing, okay, what will happen? And I think what was most interesting to me is that the story itself is what propelled me. Um, I really do think it's a gift from God. And I think he shares it freely with everybody who's a writer and creates stories for us that, um, the story is, and the characters take on a life of their own. And we sort of are like co-creators with him when we are writing. And, um, I think that's a really beautiful process and it's, it brings a lot of joy to me. So I think that joy kept me going. Like if I ended a writing day, I just felt so, um, deeply peaceful and serene. And, um, it was just exciting, even a bad writing day. Like, and so time, right. Yeah. Just like that. You trust the process and, and, and it, the work itself is amazing. Like when you pull something new or, you know, like when you shape a chapter and you're like, wow, you know, that was something I would enjoy reading. Um, I think that process, um, really propels you to sit down and make the time again. And I think people struggle with like, how do you find the time to write? And the answer really is just babysitters. Um, if we're in a season where our youngest children are in preschool, I use just the preschool time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, our children are so young now that we, um, we have had an au pair in the past, um, just to help with sports and such. And now I just use a babysitter or I write while the babies are napping in the morning. So I sort of structure my time around that. Yeah. So I love hearing about that balance because, you know, being a writing mom myself, I, we all know whether it's writing for you or not, listeners might be thinking of some other pursuit they have that they're trying to fit in. And I just love hearing how other people manage it and the joy that comes from that process, even when it's not perfect, right? Even when you're not, um, (laughs) you're not having the best writing day or, or you're not completing the novel in, you know, less than a month or whatever it is. Um, I find that's really, that's encouraging to me anyway, with my own foibles and flaws and the ways in which I'm kind of struggling to accomplish things and fit them around, you know, my first vocation, which is as a wife and a mom. Yeah. And I think that I've had a lot of people say that's like, how, how do you get that done or how do you fit it in? And it's, it's amazing how small goals really do add up to something big because my whole time, um, of writing the novel and now when I'm writing, my goal was 10 hours a week. And sometimes maybe that was seven. Sometimes maybe that was 11 and I never really had it perfectly, but I just strove for that. And when I did, um, that added up to a novel after, you know, a year or two. And, and, you know, it gave me some time to edit it and polish it. And, um, that's, I, I don't have that much time to devote to my current novel. It's more like five hours a week, but even the days that I do it and, and you're still working on your writing when you're not actually sitting down writing, like you're thinking about it while you're doing the dishes. Yes. Um, when you're, changing baby diapers. And so you're sort of synthesizing your thoughts. So when I do, um, sit down to write, I can just sort of execute it. And I think that might have been the gift that grad school gave me Mm -hmm. because I was so used to just sitting down and that discipline of sitting in a chair, getting the writing done. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, if I have writing time, I, 
I try not to waste it. <laughs> <laughs> I think being a mom teaches you that, right? <laughs> that, yes, that you yeah. can. Like, oh, I have a window of freedom. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, I have this little opportunity. What am I going to do with it? Right. Um, so that's really right. important. But let's talk about the book itself. So it's called Wideness of the Sea. And I recently completed it. Um, I listened on the audio version, which was um, really oh, fun for me yeah. on a recent long trip. Um, and I just loved getting into the characters. So let's let's talk a little bit. Can you just give somebody um, like a brief rundown of like what the book is about? Sure. Um, so it's about a girl who grew up in Maine, but when the book opens, she's um, lives in New York City and she works at an art gallery. Um, but her uncle suddenly dies and she has to go home for his funeral. And as we follow her home, we realize that she left eight years ago with a lot of tension, um, seven, eight years ago. Um, because she had lost her mom and in the wake of her mom's death, she and her dad's relationship really broke down. And, um, at that same time when she felt, um, her family life being torn apart, she also lost her romantic relationship because she wanted her boyfriend to follow her to New York because she had an opportunity there. Mm -hmm. And the boyfriend in question, it was a lobster fisherman. So he really couldn't just abandon the rights of lobster fishing that his family had. So he, he really felt like he was from Maine and he belonged there. So they, they went on different paths. So she also bumps into him when she goes home for the funeral and sort of has to revisit all the reasons why. And she has a current boyfriend, but as we learn in the book, they, um, they also have uh, some differences and some struggles too. So mm-hmm. we kind of follow her through that whole, that kind of life sort of transition. Feel. It's a lot of healing. Yeah. yeah. It's a life transition and she's back and heal a lot. And I think that her uncle's funeral allowed her to really go back and heal from her mom's passing. Right now. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure people ask you this all the time, but how much of your characters are based on you or <laughs> your like people in your life? I know you grew up in a large Catholic family with close sibling relationships and Anna has this sister and that she's close with. So how much of that is real? Yeah. yeah it's so funny. I know some people always ask me that and I'm like, I did not have a boyfriend. He sounded great though. He really does. <laughs> um, things. Uh, but the sister relationship is true. And it's funny because my characters now in the book that I'm writing, um, the main character has a sister relationship that she leans on. And I, I do have a close sister. And I, I said to her, I'm like, I think that this means that you're like really part of my psychological makeup. Because every time I sit down to write, the character always has that somebody to bounce something <laughs> off of. But it's a very different like um, storyline. But it that part is similar to, to this yeah. book. So that part is true. I think that's what's interesting is a lot of the things that I'm finding in writing are subconscious and it's sort of a window into how our subconscious mind works. Mm -hmm. They say that writing is like pulling a string out of a black bag and you know, that black bag is your subconscious and you just can't believe that it keeps going. Right. Um, and your, your subconscious really is synthesizing all your life experiences. It could be other books. It could be, you know, other characters, you know, from shows. Um, it could be a lot of times it's stories as we get to know people. Like if you're sitting next to someone on an airplane or you overhear a conversation, Mm -hmm. um, you, it just seems like the writer imagination takes on a life of its own and and it like stores that at, to use at a later yeah. date. <laughs> yeah. Um, and cause I'm like, Oh, that's such a great, that's such a great aspect of a character that they're interested in this hobby or, um, that they are, have this background, they're from Cuba, you know? So you just think of ways to like, um, sort of shape it into sort of a, a, a real world. Right. Right. Oh, and, and such a joy to read it and, um, to, you know, get that kind of perspective from you that I feel is so deeply personal. And yet knowing you and knowing your your values and your faith life, um, it was interesting to me to read this book because um, 
that's it's very much you know part of it's a, a romance story right and and we all know like mm-hmm. a lot of modern romance stories are you know will involve trashy scenes and um, whatnot and I thought you handled that so well in this book because the character isn't some ardent Catholic, right? And who knows what, right. you know, her particular morals are, maybe not necessarily matching up with your own or mine, but you kind of, you you managed to tell the story authentically and um, in an honest way, developing that character in a very real way without making it cheesy, first of all, or like overly Pollyanna, you know, like, um, you know, then they shook hands and said goodnight kind of thing, but right. um, kind of leaving out <laughs> some of the like, like salacious or something. Yes, right. So, but managing <laughs> to leave out details that other novels would really delve into. I thought that was done very tastefully and in a way that kept me intrigued as a reader. Oh, thanks, Danielle. I know it's actually, I've heard so much from both sides. Like some of my girlfriends were like, well, what did happen? And um, <laughs> other people, and, and one of the big um, reasons why it ended up the way it did is because I did have an agent. Um, my, my novel did end up winning a novel contest, but um, I, I had an agent and when he shopped it around, some of the publishing houses were like, we really want no sex in it. Like they had, they had said, you know, get rid of any scenes. So, um, I had already sort of edited it that way, um, Mm -hmm. or written with that in mind. Um, but it, I'm very glad it ended up the way it did because friends were giving it to their kids to read and my, like my (laughs) priest read it. And so I like, it's a, it was a good lesson to know, like, you know what is, it is better, but I think reading is, you, I heard this one writer talk about reading sort of like the Trinity where it's like your consciousness, the reader's consciousness, and then like the words that pass through the page, like the mm-hmm. characters themselves. Um, there's that Trinity of what's going on. And I think it's, it's very helpful to respect the reader's imagination. And sometimes you can say a lot with, by saying less. So I, in a way I, I, I got to just let it, it be up to everybody's imagination, like what they thought happened, you know, when a scene right. ended or... No, and I think people Um, do that. They fill in their own details, right? I mean, like with what their expectations are, what their life experience is. Um, I think that's a great way of approaching it. Yeah, I think it helped um, to trust that and to sort of just use the artisticness of ending a scene in a certain way or um, sort of just going by instinct in in the way that it read. So, um, but thank you for saying that. I'm glad that it sat well with you. I just want to thank Katie for coming on the podcast and sharing with us all the beautiful things she has going on in her life. And now it's time for a little bit of feedback. And this week, I heard from listener Samantha, who wrote, I know you've talked about this topic before, but I'm hoping you will take up the topic again. How do you get kids to behave at mass? I have an 18-month-old and a newborn, and I feel like I dread Sunday mornings these days. It's so hard to keep my son in check. Any tips for a desperate mom? Okay, Samantha, um, I think you're right that maybe we should do that topic again, because it's something that I hear from moms about all the time. This is like the perennial topic on, it used to be Catholic blogs, but now podcasts and other media um, seems to be the hot topic, how to get your kids to behave in mass. It's something that everybody struggles with. So first of all, I'm going to tell you, Samantha, you've got a newborn and an 18-month-old. You're doing great, okay? You're showing up. And I think that is great. So I think perhaps you're being a little too hard on yourself. um, And maybe you're setting some unreasonable expectations for yourself and your 18-month-old, who's pretty much a baby himself still. Um, So I just want to give you that little bit of encouragement. But um, I'm not going to fully take up the topic here because I think I will in a a pretty soon, pretty soon I'll take it up on a, a podcast all of its own, that topic of 
expectations for kids' behavior at Mass and different kinds of things that can help. But that said, I do want to invite listeners, too, to share their ideas, their thoughts, their experiences, what has worked for you. Because when I take up that topic, I think it would be really nice to have kind of a roundup of different people's ideas for what has helped them to, um, you know, not perfect, but maintain good standards for behavior at Mass. And it all goes right along with our recent podcast topics about discipline, the ones that I shared, and then with my husband, Dan. So I think it's a great topic for us to consider taking up. But in the meantime, Samantha, know that it's normal. Know that struggling with that is normal. Know that not everybody really is looking at you. I know it can feel that way sometimes. And um, you can kind of feel like people are giving you dirty looks. And I've just been surprised by how many times our own experiences and our own kind of feelings of shame or not wanting attention can kind of color negatively the way that we're interpreting the way that other people are looking at us or interpret or interpret the way that they're interacting with us um, during a mass, especially if you're leaving with a screaming toddler or something like that. So um, just know in the meantime, Samantha, it's not as bad it's not as bad as you think. And you're not the only one that's struggling with it. You're not the only one going through that. Um, And uh, so for sure, be looking for that in the next three or four podcasts here. We'll be taking up that topic of kids' behavior at Mass. But I just wanted to let people know you have that opportunity to share your ideas with Samantha and others, because I know there are others who are struggling and wanting that information. Share it with me at danielle at daniellebean.com. So much better if you send a voicemail. would love to add your voice to a future episode of Girlfriends or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle. Y'all being on pretty much every social media. So you can connect with me there pretty easily. And that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank you for being a part of the podcast today. Even if you never send me that voicemail that I'm always begging you for, even if you never send me any feedback or share on the Facebook page for the Girlfriends Podcast, if you want to join there, facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends Podcast. We'd love to have you join our Facebook community of listeners to the Girlfriends Podcast. But even if you never do any of those things, just showing up, just listening makes you an important part of this community. And you are part of who I'm praying for every time I sit down to record this podcast, I'm doing it for you and I am praying for your intentions. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of Girlfriends. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 